Hi, everyone. Mitch from PickDogs.com. I'm here with Jay and Al for NFL Week 1, 2022. We um, tried our other system, did not work correctly, and um, oh, this is saying all we can go is seven minutes. Oh, no, wait. I have, seven or three. I have no idea what, what this what this clock is doing or how it works. But um, So we just downloaded another program. And we're just going to wing it, and uh, we're going to talk week one football. So you can't go wrong with that. Um, but we'll do it on the fly. Al, how's it going? Uh, thanks for bearing with me on this one. It's, it's going well, but you made me nervous about the whole seven-minute thing. Hopefully we can get the full show in. Well, if it, does, if it doesn't work, you know that we'll just, we'll just try again tomorrow right. um, You know, with our normal program. The total... I'm going to yeah. be doing a lot of this stuff on the fly, but um, we'll pro it might but not be an exact rotation number order on this one, but um, we'll do the best that we can do. And, uh, you know, we appreciate everyone that hangs with us every week. And, of course, the bottom line is you guys are going to get a ton of picks, and you should be able to hear everybody and uh, – and uh, all that kind, all the most important stuff, because we started doing it before, and uh, we couldn't see, we couldn't, people couldn't hear Jay. So um, I don't know how to see the comments on this thing, but I will figure it out as we go. Oh, here we go. Comments. There we go. Awesome. We can do it. We just, you guys know, um, those of you guys that, that know me, that know uh, you know what we do here. Um, I've been do I've been at this a long time, and uh, you know bumps and bumps in the road are all part of uh, you know being online and being in the online space. But at the same time, um, we can. Um, at the same time, you know we always roll with the punches. But anyways, Al, are you excited for Week One NFL? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. And, you know, we've got the, I mean, I think it could be the best game of the year to kick off the season, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, I thought Buffalo was the best team last year. You know, they had, they just were 13 seconds away from getting past Kansas City. Uh, this year, Buffalo is my pick to win it all. You know, I took them at plus 750 back in February, and then I took them again at plus 650 in August. So I think, I think Buffalo is in real good shape this year to finally win a championship. How about you, Jay? You excited for NFL football season? It's your first season with us, and uh, we're excited to have you here. Kind of a different look at things than, uh, you know, two old guys here that have kind of been around the block. We know that, um, you know, you're not new to sports betting, um, but you're new to kind of the, um, the handicapping world where it's like, there's a little more to it, I think, being an online handicapper and, you know, working these um, websites and doing all this sort of thing than... Um, than there is, um, you know, just picking games and, you know, saying on Twitter, these are my picks or anything like that. And it's just um, a different, it's just a different game all, all the way around. And uh, so how's it going for you so far? And what do you, what do you plan on doing this NFL season? Because yeah, we man, know preseason, sure. you knock the cover off the ball, but you're going to talk. I'm going to go get a pen because I'm, I need, I want to put the bookmarks in. And um, normally I do that on the fly as I go. I guess I can still do it on the fly. Why not? You know what I mean? I will do it on the fly. Yeah, for sure. This is, uh, like you said, the everyday handicapping is for sure a grind, you know, with the articles and everything. But, you know, if you love it, you do it. 
And that's what I love to do, so that's what I do, you know? And then far as NFL season, man, I'm so excited for that, man. I can't wait. My favorite uh, sport to handicap, my favorite sport to watch, and my everything like that. So I'm excited for it. And like Al said, man, I'm, I'm excited for this week one, game one. This is crazy. Well, speaking of game one, week one, let's get right into it. Let's go. We got the Bills and the Rams. Um, the Bills favored by two and a half points in this thing on the road at the defending Super Bowl champs. And uh, the total set at 52 and a half. This one, of course, Thursday, 820 uh, Eastern time. I had all kinds of uh, great stuff set up before, but um, just wouldn't let me do it. So um, we will uh, Let me see something. In this game here, though, uh, I like the under. In this game, um, both teams have a. I think both teams' defenses are um, are kind of getting slipped on, and I think this total is going to creep up a little bit. Um, we know both teams have strong offenses. We know um, we know how strong both teams' offenses are, but I, I could just I just think this total is going to be a little high. Um, so I'm taking the under here in this game. The Bills, like Al said, um, I think they're going to be – I like their chance to make it to the Super Bowl this year as well. Um, AFC not as strong. A few teams kind of took a step back. The Rams here at home, though, um, Super Bowl ceremony, all that going on. I just – week one, I think the defense are being slept on a little bit, and I like the under. Yeah, you know, I think it's always interesting, you know, how – how you approach betting on or against the Super Bowl champion in week one. When you go back to 1980, the defending champs are 20 and 20 with two pushes in week one, but they've done, done a lot better at home than on the road at home in week one. The defending champs are 16 and 10 with two pushes. Um, and then if they're an underdog in week one, they've gone four and three ATS. Then when you look at the whole season, not just game one, but if you look at the whole season, when the defending Super Bowl champs are underdogs, they're 56 and 47 with three pushes ATS. So, you know, that might bode well for uh, the Rams here, but I'm still going to take the Buffalo Bills. One of the things I like to do is go against teams in game one if they're off back-to-back winning years, and now they're underdogs. Those teams have gone just 23 and 47 ATS. So I'm going to take, the uh, you know, the Bills minus the points against the Rams. For me, I'm going to go with the um, – I'm going to go with the uh, – I'll go. I'm, gonna, I'm going with the Rams in this one at home. I just think that you know they're the defending Super Bowl champs. We're getting points at home. If they're the bigger TV market, they might not win this game. But I think getting those two and a half points, um, we saw the way that these college games that got the national televised solo game. We saw how these things went, and the refs seem to do a nice job of carving them right into place um, perfectly for these types of tight, exciting finishes. And I think the NFL certainly not above that. So um, especially. Um, you know, with, with these two teams going, of course, sports betting legal in New York. So going to be a lot of action here on the uh, Buffalo Bills, my guess. And, um, you know, no, all these things. So, Al, guys like, you know, if you if you were a, a athlete and a sport and, a, and caught betting, you know, throughout <laughs> history, um, you know, you're banished for life, no matter what the sport is. But nowadays... They have a sports book in the stadium. 
Um, and nowadays, the the owners of the teams are taking money from the sports books for advertising as well. So it's uh, it's multi layered, as they would say. It certainly is, and um, just trying to get used to this new software program. That, like I said, I don't I don't think this is a long term solution for us. But definitely to have a um, a backup is something <laughs> is something new for us. And um, I'm happy that we're at least able to do a show, even if it doesn't have the bells and whistles and the graphics that I made for the other show. I can't figure out how to get it to work on uh, this one. But I had graphics for all of them, just like like this one that you see here um, that you just uh, go over the top. It doesn't fit on this. You, I don't know how to modify the size on, um, on this software program. I, uh, you could ask these guys, I downloaded this and learned how to do it on, while, while we were, while we were doing it. But um, we'll go to our next game. And uh, in this one, we'll do the saints Minus five and a half at the Falcons. The total in this game is set at 42 and a half. This is a rivalry game. Make no mistake about it. Um, Jay, what do you think about this one? Um, I'm going to take the Falcons plus the five and a half in this one. Um, divisional game. Uh, these two teams are going to, these two teams know each other better than anything. They're going to play each other tight. Um, Marcus Mariota, now the starter for the Falcons. He, um, he he's not a rookie, you know what I'm saying? He 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 looked good in Tennessee when we first seen him there, and he looked uh, half decent in uh in uh in Oakland or in Las Vegas now. So I think uh, this game is going to be tighter than a lot of people are thinking. I think uh, Atlanta comes out week one. Um, I know a lot of people think Atlanta is going to be maybe the worst team in the league, but uh, they don't necessarily know that yet. Week one, they're going to come <laughs> out. No, nah, they're going to come out. Uh, just as hype as all of us are week one, just to win this game. Uh, and like I said, there's no better team that they would want to beat more than the Saints. So I would like to have those these points in my back pocket in a divisional game. Jameis Winston coming off an ACL injury. We don't know how strong he looks. New head coaching staff for the Saints. We don't know how strong that is. I haven't been hearing a lot about that. Um, Sean Payton no longer there. I'd like to have the points with the Falcons in my back pocket in this one. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, these guys faced off, I believe, in a college football playoff um, matchup a few years ago, the year that Ohio State won the national championship. These guys played in the opening round game, and then I believe it was Oregon, the winner in that one with Mariota, um, going to the national championship game and losing to the Buckeyes. Al, what do you think of this one? Well, I agree with Jay. I, I'm going to take the points here as well. You know, it's not a strong play for me by any stretch, but Atlanta 17 and six ATS. It's last 23 home openers, including seven and one ATS as a home underdog. New Orleans, on the other hand, they're three and 12 ATS since 2007 in their road openers, including O and six ATS as a favorite of minus three or more points. As Jay mentioned, big division rivalry last year, they traded victories, although last year they each won on the road, but this year I think, Atlanta at home is the play. I'm going to roll with you guys. I'm going to stay with the Falcons. We'll make it a, uh, a unanimous decision here. I think the Atlanta Falcons um, not getting a lot of credit here. And I think it's a team that uh, I think Marcus Mariota just adds a new wrinkle. I'm not saying that Matt Ryan is a bad quarterback by no stretch of the imagination, is he? But I just think it was time for a change, you know, for them and for him. That relationship had run its course. They had taken away all of his weapons that he had. I think, you know, the Falcons, you know, the Calvin 
uh, Ridley thing, all of that stuff. I mean, just a lot of stories happened around this Falcons team. A few years ago, the Falcons were just dead meat, like in those over-the-middle eight-yard passes. It was just they could not stop that. And then, you know, they have had pass rushes. Then they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. What was it? You know, three or four years ago, this was a Super Bowl team. So, you know, it happens that fast on the rise and on the decline. But I think Marcus Mariota, what we saw from him last year in uh, in uh, Las Vegas is he really is not that bad. You know, he was a, what was he, the second overall pick in the NFL draft the year he came out. And so he's not that bad. I tell you, he's better than, than some other second round picks that will be starting um, today or on this week that we'll be talking, second overall picks that we'll be talking about um, coming up on the show. Those of you that are joining us a little late, this is our NFL show, and it's something that we're going to do every week. If it looks a little different to you, it's because it is. It's because we couldn't get our regular software that we used to work, so we just did it on the fly to make sure that we get a show out to you guys. You'll have all week to watch it. And of course, Jay and Al both appear on a lot of live shows. I do as well. So as things change throughout the week, if there are drastic line moves, if there's anything like that, by all means, you know, on the live shows, they'll have plenty of chances to address it, of course, all the way up to game day when we're all live together on Sunday. And then, of course, um, you know, if if you want their best bets, um, head on over to the premium area at pickdogs.com and sportschatplace.com. And while you're there, just use that discount code WIN15, W-I-N-1-5, get 15% off. You can, in fact, you can pair both these guys together, get a two-for-one capper, week, month, get the weekend, whatever, you know, get both their best bets. So um, we've got the next game up is the 49ers at the Bears. This is an interesting matchup in a lot of respects because the 49ers spent a lot of, not just the offseason, but last season, talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to be on the team this year. And all of a sudden, he is on the team this year. And um, it's a nice luxury to have. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Having a backup quarterback that has starting experience and really could compete for the starting... The reason they wanted to get rid of him is they wanted to give Trey Lance kind of like that it's his team and it's his job and you don't want this guy breathing down your neck because now every time this guy throws an interception, every time this guy, you know, runs out of bounds, you know, four yards down the field when on third and five, every time any of these things happen, he's going to be questioned. And, you know, they have a guy on the sidelines that they know has starting experience. So that is part of the problem. On the other side of this game, we saw a guy in Justin Fields that I had no idea was going to be NFL ready last season. And I mean, I'm not saying in every aspect of his game was he NFL ready, but man, did he look like an NFL QB. He was kind of like a Cam Newton, like a more athletic, like he looked big, you know, he was like a big guy, you know, playing quarterback that could run. It was like, man, he could throw. You know, he was the number one recruited quarterback out of high school when he signed with Georgia, kind of just like Quinn Ewers, who left Ohio State and went to Texas. Um, Justin Fields left Georgia and went to Ohio State. So it's kind of like these, just because you're the most highly recruited. And then, of course, remember, we saw a quarterback leave Ohio State. He won the Heisman Trophy somewhere else at LSU, Joe Burrow. So it happens, you know, but... um, all these guys can flat out play. And I got to say, I was Justin Fields is, is one of the more surprising players to me. And, um, you know, the Bears, Soldier's a tough building, man. It's a tough place to play. Jay, what do you think? 
Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with you here. I like the Bears here in this one. I'm not sold on Trey Lance. The 49ers don't seem to be sold on Trey Lance. The media don't seem to be sold on Trey Lance. Who is sold on Trey Lance? <laughs> Until I see him play. Well, the guys, that, the guys that traded up to draft him in the top five, they're sold on. They don't have a choice. I mean, I mean yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It seems like they're trying to force him in there, but... With Jimmy G still there, I think Jimmy gets those reins half halfway through the season again. I like the Bears here week one. Um, at home, I'm getting a home underdog at home in the week one setting with a quarterback who is improving. He's basically a rookie in my book. Those two games he played last year really don't mean much. He didn't show much. He threw, what, one pass? Uh Justin Fields, on the other hand, he he was a rookie last year, but he played majority of the season. Not not all. Andy Dalton played a little bit, but uh, I'm gonna take the Bears here in this first game plus the points. I think uh, I just think it's gonna be a, a tighter game than a lot of people are thinking, and the Bears could maybe upset late. I don't know. How about you, Al? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of gamblers when they handicap NFL Week One, you know, the first thing they do is go back to take a look at how the team did the previous year, which I think a lot of people fall into traps when they do certain things like that, because of course it's a different season. And last year, San Francisco, they won two playoff games and had a terrific year. Chicago finished uh, last season, six and 11. They were third place in the NFC North. So I think a lot of people obviously are going to look to bet on the 49ers here, but when you take a look at how NFL teams do when they made the playoffs the previous year, and they're favored by six or more points against teams that were not playoff teams, They've only covered 27 out of 69 times. So I think I'm going to take uh, Chicago here plus the points, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won the game straight up. I w- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised here because I agree with both you guys. I, I was expecting that someone here would be on the 49ers <laughs> at least because I think that the 49ers are just such the public play. I think one thing that we have to remember is that Boza was injured you know, right out of the gate last year for the 49ers, and he is their best defensive player at this point. And they have plenty of good talent on this team. They've got the uh, wide receiver that can do it all. right? They have one guy that kind of can really do it all on offense and the bailout guy. The problem for me with Trey Lance is he throws it right right at the defender of the other team. And that is not a good strategy in the NFL. It might work at, um, it might work at some of these other places, but um, you know, like North Dakota state, but I'm not so sure it's going to work in the NFL. And in Justin Fields, I think this kid's pretty good. It's like, I, 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 you know, I admit it when I'm wrong. You know, it's like I so I can be hard on guys on draft day. I was very hard on Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff. I was very hard on Carson Wentz. I was hard on Patrick Mahomes. I didn't understand that trade. I thought they should have taken Deshaun Watson in that spot. And, you know, I, I own it, you know. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Deshaun Watson, pretty good too. Of course, he's got some other issues, but that's, you know – Different story, different show. You know, I think it's going to be on Nightline or something eventually. But it's, um, you know, this Justin Fields can play. And I think he's the better quarterback. I think he's the, t- if, if you have two minutes left to go in the game, I'd way rather have Justin. And you need, and you need two points to win. I'd way rather have Justin Fields as my quarterback than Trey Lance. And maybe he'll prove me wrong. But every time I see Trey Lance make a big play in the preseason, it's always like a four yard out. 
that the receiver runs down the field and it turns into like a 75-yard play. It just seems that he finds the guy in the open space who creates it for him. He doesn't throw the ball downfield to the receiver. And when he's called to throw the ball into a receiver, he seems to throw it right at the defensive back and hopes that his receiver will step in front. If he doesn't get there, the ball hits the, hits the defensive back right in the chest. And you don't see too many NFL quarterbacks use that strategy. I agree with you, man. Uh, one one quarterback was recruited, like you said, by Ohio State and Georgia, and Trey Lance went uh, to a what, South Dakota State? North Dakota State. <laughs> or North Dakota State, you know. But we've seen two North Dakota State quarterbacks go top five in the last few years. You know, Who's so the other one? Who was Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you get around well, that. You know, I'm just saying, just, say, just saying. You know, yeah. I don't. You know, the competition they were playing, they can look good on film, but when they get to playing the level of competition that everybody else is playing, the jury is still out on both of those, and the stock is not high in my book. All right, well, I messed up my bookmark, so I'll have to go back and fix those tonight, you know, for the show. I got carried away. I got excited. We're talking football here. Those of you that are joining us late, this is our NFL preview show. We're going to be doing this every week. Hopefully, we fix the format and all that other stuff. We just did what we had to do to get it done. No excuses, just picks, and uh, we're bringing it. We've got Jay Briggs, Big Al McMorty, two of the best in the business with us all season long. I'll put them up against any two handicappers in the world. A lot of people treat handicapping and sports betting like it's a picking contest. It isn't. But if it was, I'd take these two guys. Anyways, <laughs> I, got, I got this. <laughs> okay, we're good to go. We got the um, next next up, we've got, the, we've got the Steelers taking on the Bengals. And this is odd because traditionally the Steelers have really kind of had their way with the Cincinnati Bengals. They really have. But this year's Steelers team is a little bit different. It's the changing of the guard at quarterback. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is um, – is, is, no longer with the team. He was the heart and soul of this team for a long time. And he was a guy that a lot of guys were drafted ahead of him. And, you know, he had, he played with the chip on his shoulder and I always, I always liked him for that, you know? And, um, you know, whether you liked, you know, the Steelers or not, who always get a lot of really good calls, but the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last season (laughs) and um, they have a quarterback and they got receivers and they've got an offense, man. They have got an offense and a half. And, um, you know, they have a defense and have, I mean, who in the world thinks when, you know, when they toss the coin and the Chiefs get the ball against the Bengals, who thinks the Bengals are ever going to see the football ever again, right? (laughs) It's like, it's automatic though that you, I mean, I, we all had the Bengals with the points, but did we think that Patrick Mahomes at that point, you know, no, nah, nah, but you're, you're right for sure. You know, right. at that point, Pat, it's Patrick Mahomes who's been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. You know, he's got the ball and he's up against the Cincinnati Bengals. At, at the end of the day, they're still the Bengals, right? I mean, <laughs> they still are, but uh, these are not your, uh, not your father's Bengals, as they say. Um, Jay Briggs, usually Super Bowl loser. I'm sure Al's got some good stats for us on this, but Super Bowl losers. Generally not the triumphant return to the big game um, type of season. It is super rare. I think it was the 71 Miami Dolphins that lost the Super Bowl and came back. They lost 24-3. The Cowboys came back, ran the table the next year. Um, you just don't see it, you know, and, and that's, that's how rare it is. I think that might have been the last time that that's happened. I mean, ask the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah. 
For me in this game, um, another division rival game, and I'm going to take the points uh, with the Steelers. I'm actually a person that's really high on the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I was on the Bengals a ton last year. I think I'm probably going to be on them a ton again this year. But here again in this game, it's a division rival game against the Steelers, who, like you said, have beaten the crap out of the Bengals for years on, on years. No more Big Ben. We got Mitch Trubisky in there, who, in my opinion, it should be Kenny Pickett. They need to get Kenny Pickett in there as fast as possible. But it's Mr. Bisky. I think Mr. Bisky's playing for his job, as I just said. So he's got to he's got to go out there and give it everything he's got. He he was a high overall pick too for the Chicago Bears. So he still has some things to prove. Um, I don't want to say Super Bowl hangover. I don't want to say that, but I kind of want to say it. So I'm gonna take the points here in this matchup with the division rival. I think this game is gonna be closer than most people think. And I would, uh, I think the Bengals win this game by four points. So I would, I'm gonna take the points here with Still. Al, we're all waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, well, as, as far as the losers of the Super Bowl, the one thing you want to do um, is go against them as short road favorites throughout the season, not necessarily game one, but just throughout the season. They've underperformed as short road favorites. But as far as this game here, I think this is one of the trickier games. On the card, I could make an argument for Pittsburgh. I could make an argument for Cincinnati. I'm going to try to make an argument for Pittsburgh here, but you know, it's. Uh, I think there are also reasons to take the Bengals. But last season, Cincinnati turned the tables on the Steelers. They won both games, including a 41 to 10 blowout loss on Thanksgiving weekend. So now, Pittsburgh, of course, playing with double revenge. And when you take a look at how Game One. Uh, in game ones, how teams do when playing with double revenge against a division rival, they've gone 61 and 38 ATS. Another revenge situation in game one, if you're off, if you're playing with revenge from a 21 point or worse defeat, you're 38 and 23. So I'm going to take the points with Pittsburgh, but I also recognize Cincinnati's in some pretty good spots as well. I really like that Pittsburgh defense as much as I hate Mitch Trubisky. And he was a guy that I bashed the whole trading up to and getting him because Bill Parcells, who knows a thing or two about football, and you know, even even at the end of of it all, he knew a couple things about football, though we didn't see it, you know, in his time with the Dolphins when he drafted Chad Henney. But the thing is, is that he always believed that in the NFL draft that you draft a four year starter in college, and there's just not that many of them anymore, you know, like there used to be. So I I wonder if his strategy would change today. Probably would, but. Um, Maybe he would draft a three-year starter. Well, Spencer Sanders would be his guy, right, coming out next year. But the thing is, is that um, I think a one-year starter is just not something that is a is generally a really good thing for a quarterback and in college. And Mitch Trubisky was a one-year starter at North Carolina, and it wasn't even that good. And they traded up, and they got him, the Bears, and they paid the price mightily the thing about the Steelers is though and what keeps them in this game and what makes those six and a half points so appealing is they got a sick defense I mean they got number one you have probably the I would say one of the top five coaches in all of football not just NFL college pro whatever I'd say he's in that Belichick Saban discussion. I mean, he's been around certainly as long as them, and he certainly wins as often as them. I'd say Pete Carroll is probably in that discussion. Um, you know, guys that have been around for a long time, been able to keep jobs and win. Um, you, there's, it's it's a very tough 
tough game. You know, we saw um, we saw Scott Van Pelt say to Dabo Swinney last night after the game, he's like, a football coach isn't happy unless he's got a few things to work on after the game. You know, it's like they win by, you know, 31 points. He's like, you know, and it's true. But, um, you know, a guy like Mike Tomlin, he never seems to really get knocked too far off center, right? You don't see him screaming at his players, tearing them down. And he's has had plenty of opportunities to do that. He never tears the guys down, at least not in public. We don't see what happens behind in the locker room. And we don't. no one really says anything about it. But when it comes to the X's and O's or whatever, this guy kind of rolls with the punches and really gets it done. It's like, man, I don't really feel that all that comfortable giving him six and a half points, especially, you know, when people are feeling comfortable laying it. It's like, he's got that TJ Watt. He's got Minka Fitzpatrick ball Hawk, you know, and he's got a whole bunch of other guys. And I mean, he, they did a nice quietly, a very nice job in the draft as well. Um, they have always have good running backs. They, um, it's be nice this year. Yeah. They got Pickens, my guy. I thought, I thought was one of the top receivers in the entire draft. Used to win money on his father, and I plan on winning money on him as well. Kind of like racehorses. But um, I don't know. I'm a little I, – I could see it. I could make an – like Al said, I could make an argument either way. But laying six and a half against Mike Tomlin in a season opener, even with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback, because he's won with less than that. You know, that's the whole thing is that he has. And, and Big Ben wasn't necessarily good last year. And that team got to where it got to last year. Positive records. So. so so here's here's the thing, Jay. You know, we look at um, we look at Trubisky and we say, all right, he's not good. Right. But where is he in relation to Mason Rudolph? You know, this is a huge step forward. And, you know, he's not going to make the mis- He's He's maybe he can't take the team on his shoulder like some guys can. But he also isn't going to make those massive. I mean, Mason Rudolph just looks like a deer in the headlights, you know, out there. It's terrible. I mean, yeah, I don't like Rudolph at all. I don't even know how he was fighting for the starting position in this quarterback room either. Oh, he's not. He's it's picking. It's picking. It's picking. Yeah, it's picking. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we'll move on to the next game, and in this one, another interesting one. These are a lot of interesting matchups. I think this game is interesting. You got the Eagles going to the Lions in total 48.5. Last year, we saw the Lions, you know, I, have four, I have some, it's a blessing and a curse. I have memory like elephant. The Lions actually played pretty tough down the stretch there. Dan Campbell had this team pretty motivated at times, and I think that, um, you know, the Lions – as bad as they are, I think they also made some. They also made some tough decisions in as far as personnel that is going to help them over the long term and help them build their own identity. What we saw in this year in the cuts, you know, across the NFL, where teams not afraid to cut former first round picks that aren't helping the team, and we saw Jared Davis get cut by the Detroit Lions was one of those. Jay, what do you think of this thing? Three and a half points with Jalen Hurts on the road. Now, if I ever had the chance to take my first Ruffalo, <laughs> it would be this game right here. But I'm going to give y'all a side. I uh, I would go with, uh, with Philly here in this game. As much as I want to take Detroit, Detroit was my money team last year. They were terrible last year, but they were covering spreads. I think a lot of people are probably looking at that and uh, from last year and think that they come out and do it again. I like the Eagles to be half decent this year, even though I'm a Cowboy fan. I think they gave us a run for our money in the division. 
And I think this is just one they got to have if they want to do that. So I, I look for the Eagles to win this game. This and is, if they win it, I think they win it like 24-20. This is my favorite comment. Idiot hour. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I resemble that remark. It's kind of like, did, did you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okie, okie pokey. Al, what do you think of this one? Well, you know, I look at last season, the Eagles came into the Silver Dome and they won 44 to 6. So that's, it's not often you're going to lose by 38 points at home, but that's what Detroit did last year. And when you take a look at how home teams do when they're playing with revenge from a home loss by 28 or more points, those teams have covered 63% ATS since 1980, including 7 0 and 1 ATS, the last eight when getting more than three. I think this is, you know, again, the, the number looks a little short here i think a lot of people might step in and take philly i'm going to go the opposite way and take detroit i'm going to take detroit as well i think home openers get all, green on a lot of these games so well far. we got you know why because we we got a lot of home dogs and it's like that that is uh you know a surefire recipe home dogs and season opener is like i mean it's around 50 50 is it i'll take yeah. it on some of these games you know <laughs> yeah. i'll take it you know you give me 50 50 against the eagles i like my 50 um, that's for sure. You know, it's like <laughs> you have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that can't throw the ball downfield. And while they do have some receivers now, and, um, you know, they they got um, Hollywood. No, they didn't get Hollywood Brown. They got um, AJ, Brown. A.J. Brown. So much better, actually, than Hollywood Brown. But still, you know, you still got to get the ball to him. And um, I don't know if Hurts can do that, throwing the ball down the field um, in the style that he plays. So I don't know. I just think that I once again well, the Eagles maybe home dogs are one oh nine and one oh six with four pushes since nineteen eighty in week one. I'll take 50, it. 50. <laughs> 50.2. The juice will eat you alive. <laughs> Basically you got juiced on those, so is is where you went. But we go to our next game and um What's worse, idiots to three three idiots talking about football or, or sitting there and watching them? I think uh, it's like, I mean, uh, anyways, this is a real interesting one for me. Of course, I'm a Dolphins season ticket holder. I haven't been to a game in forever, but I have my Dolphins Patriots picture right here of Kenyon Drake running it into the end zone with Rob Gronkowski sprawled out there to try and tackle him. They sent that out to all season ticket holders the day after that game um, with a, a letter. Um, they sent this picture out to all season ticket holders saying, this is the shape of things to come or whatever. It was like, yeah, two head coaches later and, uh, you know, all this other stuff you know, in between. But um, hopes are high for the Dolphins. This is the first year in the history of the team that started um, – you know, in the, in the mid sixties that they've ever had a sellout sold out season tickets. It's the first time they've ever done it. And um, of course they took half the stadium and turned it into luxury boxes. Um, but that's, you know, a different, that's a different story. But at the same time, um, you know, the tickets are, are top dollar and, and, and the dolphins, um, a lot of excitement surrounding this team. It's, they feel that they have the right coach. They feel that they have the right quarterback. They have the right offense. They have the right defense. They have the offensive line. They've got a deep, deep team, um, a good mix of guys that they've drafted and guys that they've picked up um, selectively through free agency. The Tyreek Hill trade is the type of trade that, that puts you over the top. The Dolphins, of course, um, are really have um, all their chips on the table this season because – 
well, they don't have a first, they have a first round draft choice and it's actually right behind, um, it, it projects to be right behind the draft choice that they would have had. But the Dolphins have lost their first round draft choice for the upcoming NFL draft for the tampering case, Stephen, Stephen Ross tampering case that they lost. So they lost their, their own first round draft choice. They have somebody else's. I think it's the Giants or the, or the Steelers, it might be. But um, anyways, the Patriots once owned this series, but they never have owned the games in Miami. And um, the Dolphins have actually owned this series recently. They've actually been crushing the Patriots. They beat, they swept them last year. Jay, what do you think? Is this two his year? So when I was looking at this game, I was looking uh, through and I seen that this might be the first time the Dolphins have been favored against the Patriots since like 2013. And that was interesting to me. I'm on the Dolphins here in this one. I think the Dolphins take care of the Patriots. Um, I'm a firm believer in uh, in Tyreek Hill. I think he's top two receiver in the league. That speed is just unmatched. I think he played a big part in why Mahomes is Mahomes. A lot of those passes, it wasn't a Mahomes pass. It was a Tyreek Hill catch that, and I'm going. I think Mahomes is pretty good. Mahomes is pretty good, but how many times did Tyreek catch it 10 yards and go 70? So I think he can do that for um for two or two. I think he can catch a few and go seventy. And let's not forget that they have Jalen Waddle over there too, who is arguably just as fast as Tyreek Hill, arguably just as much of a playmaker. So with with such high powered wide receivers over there for Tua, most are back there at the running back. I, I think that the Dolphins will improve. We haven't seen much from the Patriots this offseason. They uh. I mean, I'm not impressed by their wide receiver group, even though it's the highest paid wide receiver group in the NFL. The running back position is not great. Mac Jones is a middle of the pack quarterback at best. Um, and if we're banking on the Belichick defense this year, I like this offense better than I like this defense. So I'm going to take these, I'm going to lay the points with the Dolphins at home. I liked it at three, but I still like it at three and a half. I see this maybe being a six-point win for the Dolphins, and they start their season out hot. Jay, I'm going to put it in perspective for you. Number one in that draft was Miles Garrett, okay, superstar. Number two was Trubisky, okay. So he went he went nine spots ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Solomon Thomas, not with the team that drafted him. Leonard Fournette, not with the team that drafted him. Corey Davis, not with the team that drafted him. Jamal Adams, not with the team that drafted him. Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey. John Ross. Those are the guys that went before Patrick Mahomes. I think yeah. he's better than just Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I do. No, I think he's a lot better. He's a lot better. For sure. For sure. But hey, it makes it a lot different when you got somebody that can go. I mean, you look at some of these, 30. you look at some of the players that went in that draft. I would say, you know, you look at, you know, a guy like, um, you, you look at a guy like Marlon Humphrey. You know, for the Ravens, and you say, "Well, there's a guy that may be in that same category." You know, it's a different position, but outside of that, I mean, O.J. Howard, um, you know, Jared Davis, who I just who just got cut by the Lions, Evan Ingram, not on the same team, Charles Harris. You know, this is it's it. There's no there's no exact science to it, but if you I'm end up with Patrick Mahomes, it's a it's a pretty nice day at the office. I'm trying to think of a superstar receiver that went from a superstar quarterback to like an average quarterback and how they did, but I can't really just think of one off the top of my head. 
Usually they go from like average to great, like Odell. He well, we're gonna it. find out because there's another one that did. There's a there's one that did go this year, and it's Devonte Adams. So he went from from Aaron Rodgers, and he's gone to Derek Carr, who's not you know horrible. I mean, he's, he's Derek Carr's kept his starting job in, in for the Raiders for a while now. So it's like he's not like horrible, horrible, but it's not quite. Aaron Rodgers, right? So, Alex, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go on the, that one. But we got Dolphins and Patriots. The Dolphins, you got to remember, it's not just Tyreek Hill. They have another burner in Waddle, too. I mean, these guys have the track team uh, going on in Miami. I, I think, like the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game for me, this is a really difficult uh, game. I can make an argument for either side here. I'm going to probably go with New England here, plus the points. Um just the history of Bill Belichick playing with revenge against division rivals. He's 65 and 37 ATS. Uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots are 65 and 37 ATS, but even during the Belichick era, uh, they've continued that. That, that long-term trend uh, goes back before Belichick. Um, and then, as I mentioned, the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh games, teams playing with double revenge have gone 61 and 38 ATS in game one, including 49 and 27 ATS as an underdog. So I'll, I'll give a shaky nod to the, Patriots plus a three and a half. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. I think that it's going to be closer than than um, people think. I think it's going to be you know it's going to be close to that number. But I think the Dolphins. Um, I think this series is flat has flipped. Okay, because normally the early game is in New England, and then the late game is in Miami, and normally it's normally. The Patriots wilt in that Miami Heat late in the season. And this time they're going to wilt in that Miami Heat early in the season because I don't care. I know it's hot all over the country and all that other stuff. But I'll tell you what, it's there's not even close to the heat in Miami um, that, that these other teams face and the humidity and all of that other stuff. I expect to see a lot of cramps in week one um, out of those Patriot players. And I think the Dolphins have a big, big edge um, because of that, it's a one o'clock Eastern time game. It's going to be a hundred degrees at that game. I mean, it's going to be a hundred on the field. It's an it's it's the stadium is closed for the fans, but open on the field. It's going to be suffocatingly hot um, at that game. I expect to see a lot of cramping up by those Patriot players. Um, we'll have to see how it p- plays out. And then we've got oh man, we've got the Jets against the Ravens. Um, the Ravens were uncharacteristically bad last year. Um, you know, they lost their running back right out of the gate and then they never really were able to replace them. And then Lamar Jackson, you know, had, had problems and now Hollywood Brown is gone. This could be the worst set of wide receivers in the league, you know, here in Baltimore, but this is a, t- a franchise that a franchise that wins though, but these guys know how to win. Jay, what do you think? Playing six and a half on the road against the Jets who, Quiet, quiet, quiet this, um, you know, preseason, but a team that I think has drafted pretty well. Yeah, this game, this is a tough one. This is probably my toughest game on here uh, this for, for this first week. But I think I'm going to take the points with the Jets in this one. Uh, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, as much as I love what he's doing with the Ravens, um, the Jets, they they improved last year. They did. The Jets showed some improvement last year. I know Zach Wilson is not starting in this game, but 
that gives me kind of even more reason to kind of like the Jets. We got Joe Flacco should be starting in this game. And he um he was with the Ravens. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. So I think he's gonna have a little extra edge in this one. Maybe just a slight little edge. But um six and a half with the Ravens week one on the road just doesn't seem like a good spot to be. Seems like a perfect spot for the Jets to score a late touchdown the ravens will be winning all game and the jets score a late touchdown to cover that's how i feel how this game goes in a heartbreak i'm gonna take the jets plus the points al what do you think i'm gonna take baltimore um i mean you know baltimore was eight and three after 11 games last season they were seated first in the afc notwithstanding the injuries to their backfield and then of course the other player in their backfield lamar you know, goes out and he misses the last few, or he missed the last four games of the season, but it all kind of, you know, their decline started two weeks before he got injured. But, you know, they lost the last six games. Um, it's a new season for Baltimore. I'm going to lay the points. The Jets historically have done much better at home versus winning teams than they had versus losing teams or in game one when a team, of course, is 0-0. Uh, when the Jets are playing, Teams without a winning record, they're 66 and 115 ATS. When they play teams with a winning record, they're 80 and 65 ATS at home. So there's that dichotomy with the Jets at home versus you know great teams and not great teams. Um, I know it's week one, but still, I'm go- I'm going to take Baltimore minus points. Still not sold on the Jets quarterback um, position there, and I think they have some problems there, and I think that's going to be their undoing. We know one thing, man, is that the Ravens, they love to really pound the bad teams. I mean, they really beat them up too. So it's like if you're taking the Ravens here, don't even worry about like in your parlays of throwing in the money line or whatever because I mean, they win this one, they win by 25 points. That's how they do it against the bad teams. And Lamar Jackson, you look at those career highlights that he has and those really big ones, it's always against teams like this, you know, um, against the Jets. And, you know, the Jet fans will be there, but they're used to losing anyway. We've got the, uh, we've got the Jaguars at the Commanders, okay? So they have a name now, no longer the Washington <laughs> football team. They did not go with ex- Eskimos, which was my recommendation. Um, they went with Commanders. I hate it. Um, and I think they'll probably not win a game this season because of it. Jay, what do you think? <sighs> now, this is another ugly game, probably the worst game on the card. Uh, just teams-wise, I don't think either of these teams are going to be very good this year. I think the Jags do take a step forward this year, though. And I'm going to uh, – I'm going to take the Jags on the money line, actually, in this one. I think we see Trevor Lawrence actually take that step. That uh, This guy, when he first came in, we thought he was the we thought he was Joe Montana. We thought, we thought he was Tom Brady again. You know what I'm saying? That's how they were talking about him, at least. And uh, he, we seen him at Clemson. He was pretty good. Last season was a complete disaster, but I'm not putting that on his shoulders. You know, when you have your head coach doing whatever he's doing and gets fired midseason to Urban Meyer in your first season, that tells me all I need to know about how the organization is being run. But with Doug Peterson in there this year, they got an adult in the building, somebody who's been there, somebody who knows what he's doing. He may not be the best, but – Doug Peterson, uh, he's going to get that offense uh, flowing at least. He had Carson Wentz looking half decent. So I think Trevor Lawrence takes that step forward. Um, and I'm not putting my faith in Carson Wentz this week. And uh, I think he's going to look pretty pedestrian in this game. He only has uh, one decent receiver in Terry McLaurin out there. And 
I'm just going to take the Jags here in this one. I think they play spoiled to the commanders in week one. You know, Doug Peterson also got um, Nick Foles to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl, exactly. Yep. Won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. But he also um, is the guy that, you know, that brutal two-point conversion against uh, Seattle where Seattle just stood there and uh, really probably one of the worst beats um, in the history of Monday Night Football. Big Al, what do you think? Well, you know, one, one of the things I do, you know, every handicapper is different, but I don't like laying points with bad teams. You know, I'll take, I'll take the worst team in football. It could be 0-11, but if I'm getting points, I'm good. But, I, you know, when a team's a bad team, you're, you're going to rarely see me lay points. Um, I'll lay points with a good team. And Washington last year was 7-10, and 10, and when you take a look at how NFL teams have done with a losing record the year before, if they're favored in week one, they haven't done well. They're 78-95 and 95 ATS with four pushes, including 5-15 and 15 ATS the last four seasons. So that doesn't bode well for the commanders here. And then historically, the commanders have been horrible as a home favorite. Uh, going back to 1992, when they're playing a non-winning opponent, they're 25-64 and 64 ATS. So I... I'm, I can't say I can't lay points with Washington here. I'm going to go against them. I'm with you guys. We're in agreement again. We're taking the road dog here with the uh, Jaguars, getting uh, two and a half points here, not even getting a field goal, which should tell you everything you need to know. Um, and Jay talks about money. He asked, was asking Al about money movement and stuff while we had our uh, technical difficulty timeout. And I think here's a game where you look at it and you say, you know what, the books are looking for some Washington action here. Carson Wentz, um, yeah, he stinks, man. He's the king of the he's the king of the seven yard pass on third and nine. And it's not like where he's leading the receiver in open space. It's a it's an out pattern where the receiver's making a diving catch, tiptoe, you know, tapping the toes in, you know, at the sideline to make that seven yard catch. It's like he just does not understand the game. You know, he just has no concept and that's why he's never really been the quarterback leading its it leading the way to a winning team. And that's why in Indianapolis, who really has been starving, you know, for a quarterback since Andrew Luck was injured, um, even they cut bait with him, you know, they in a hurry. The door. And, in, uh, and their owner talking like he was the worst mistake in franchise history. So that's okay. not somebody I want my money on. <laughs> Frank Reich was his coach, you know, in Philly. He was the offensive coordinator there. So I don't know. I think Trevor Lawrence, I think Travis Etienne, I think you have, um, you have uh, a tremendous um, – you have a tremendous amount of talent there in Jacksonville. They've been drafting high for a very long time. Um, got the Browns visiting the Panthers. The Browns, two-and-a-half-point road dogs here. Of course, the quarterback situation, well well documented at this point in Cleveland. The Panthers, well, another di- a different quarterback situation. So it's kind of like ironic that it worked out this way of course the schedule was out before the trades were made but it is baker mayfield quarterbacking here against his old team jay so this game right here we got browns panthers uh jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter for the browns this line originally opened with the browns as the favorite when i first looked at it and i'm i'm gonna take the panthers here in this week one, we've seen the Panthers actually start last season out 4-0. They looked pretty good to start the season. Christian McCaffrey is back, so Baker will at least have him back there, you know. And DJ Moore is a nice receiver. I really like what he has in his tool bag. The Browns coming off just a, such a controversial offseason. 
Um, I think the Panthers have the better uh, quarterback in this game, and I and I think the Panthers' defense is slept on. Don't get me wrong; that Browns' defense is serious. They got Miles Garrett over there, who is, I'm sure, ready to get at Baker in a real game. But with Baker, I think Baker really does get this revenge, man. I don't know. I don't want to say it's written in, but this one might be written in. I'm taking Panthers. Uh, I'm taking the Panthers, and I'm going to lay the points. I think they win it by exactly a field goal late. Baker leads them to a late touchdown. I mean, a late field goal to win the game. Al, what do you think? Well, you probably know what I think. You know, I just talked about the commanders being a bad team. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. Now they're favored in week one. You know, Carolina was even worse. They lost 12 games last year, and they're now they're favored. Again, I'm just not going to lay points with bad teams. And when you take a look at how teams that lost 11 or more games the previous year do in their home openers, they're 36 and 58 ATS when they're favored in their home openers since 1980. So, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, or whatever the expression is, I'll take the points with the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Panthers in this one. I I don't like either of these teams, but I do like Coach Rule, and I think that he does know what he's doing. I think this is gonna be an ugly game, and um, I think that you know having the home team here, this could be one of those ones that's just decided at the last minute with a field goal type thing. And you know, I just I don't know. I don't. This is my this would be my Ruffalo game, and in fact, this is the one that like if you don't have um you know. The, the TV set up or whatever. This is the one that doesn't make it onto the board. You know, this is the this is the one. It's like which game arc I could. All right, the Browns and Panthers. I could cross that one out, but you know, I'll be doing the halftime show. Maybe I'll have a wage a better look at it then. You know, when we do the halftimes with Jay, so we'll figure it out. But we've got the Texans hosting the Colts. This is interesting too. This is now no more Deshaun Watson. Is he? Oh, is he? Is he? Um, did he, did, did he not, you know, whatever. It's all over now but the crying there, and what's left is pieces to pick up and try and put back together. Meanwhile, you got the Colts, the Matt Ryan era underway, fresh set of scenery. He's got some good receivers there. Um, I thought, you know, Pittman out of USC. Um, I loved him at USC. I thought at USC had NFL wide receivers that year. They proved it in the NFL last year. Um, T.Y. Hilton, now just a luxury at this point kind of a little beaten up at this point in his career. Jay? Looking at this game, we have another division rival. Rivalry game. The Texans are a home underdog. I'm going to take the Texans in this one. Uh, I'm not sure what the Colts necessarily – I know the Colts are going to be a pretty good team, but here in week one, Matt Ryan, first day under center. Um, I'm not so sure that it's going to be all – roses and and you know i'm not sure that it's going to be that and I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people think it's going to be that this texas team you know why because they've seen that running back from the colts yeah, that no. nobody could tackle last year and uh he certainly looks like he has some fresh legs and jonathan taylor most definitely is yeah, yeah. is one or two as best running back in the league derrick henry still won to me but Taylor probably takes one this season. 1A. <laughs> 1A, you know. Yeah, the running sure. backs, they don't get that time on top for a very, very long time. But it's like, man, when they when they are on top. And I think Derrick Henry, if he, you know, it would be interesting to see how he comes back, you know, from it. For sure. You know, but if he gets back, obviously, he's, you know, he's the best that there is. It needs to be accounted for. But Taylor, just um, yikes, you know. For sure. You don't want to be but in the business end of that drive, that's for sure. 
the Texans, um, Davis Mills, he was a rookie last season and he looked, he, he was decent. Had he stayed one more year at Stanford and came out this season, he would have for sure been the consensus number one overall pick. He would have went over Kenny Pickett or not number one overall pick, but he would have been the number one quarterback off the, off the board. He would have went before Kenny Pickett, before Malik Willis. So, I'm looking at the Texans here as a home dog in a division rivalry game. I, if the Col- when the Colts win it, I think they win this one by six f- or four points. I think the Texans play them pretty close here, and I take the Texans plus the point. Al, yeah, I mean this this game falls into the same uh, double revenge angle as I discussed, you know, in the Pittsburgh and in the uh, Miami games earlier. The same blowout revenge angle as I discussed in the Detroit game, and for basically the same reasons, I'm going to take the. Uh, points with Houston. They lost both games last year to Indianapolis, 31-3 at Indy, and then they were shut out at Houston, 31-0. So, again, to reiterate, teams playing with double revenge in game one against division rivals have gone 61-38 and and two ATS since 1980, including 49-27 and ATS as an underdog. Getting a lot of points here. I'm going to take them. Now everyone knows what I feel about Doug Peterson covering the point spread. It's been well documented by my wife's video. She posted me watching the Colts game. Um, that coach. <laughs> that Colts. That coach. Um, no one goes into the prevent too early, you know, compared to this guy. He just, uh, I don't know. He just, it's, I, we saw the Texans have the miraculous comeback for the back door against the Rams last year. I could see the same thing here because the Colts love to do that. You it, Right, Frank Reich loves to do that. He just loves it. So I, I, I'm with you guys. I could see an angle for the Texans, but not one of my top plays um, no, by no, any stretch of the sure. imagination. For sure. Go to the we go to, the, to into the late games now, and we're going to have to watch the Giants because there's only three games at this. Um, well, I guess the, we have four games in this time slot, thankfully. All right, so maybe we don't have to watch that much of this one. But we got the Giants visiting the Titans. The Giants five-and-a-half-point dogs, which seems a little to the light side. The Titans lost a lot of those um, receivers you know, that they've had over the years, um, including A.J. Brown that we talked about earlier in the Philly game. Jay, um, Daniel Jones, you know, getting five-and-a-half points. Saquon. Another one, of those, another one of those backs that could be in the discussion if he stayed healthy. Correct. Yeah, you're right. But uh, this game, this is a tough one. This is actually another tough game for me on the board. And I think the side that I'm leaning to right now is the Giants plus the five and a half, actually. Uh, we got the quarterback whisperer, quote unquote, now as the head coach over there. He got Josh Allen to uh, where he's supposed to get. And now he's supposed to get Daniel Jones to that next level. And I think actually Daniel Jones, he's playing, he's playing for it all right now. This is it. This is his last season to prove that he's half anything or he's done, I think, or he's going to be a career backup. I'm looking at the Giants here in this game. I bet um, you they can get a second round pick from the Lions for him. That's what back I like on. Jared Goff better than Dan, Daniel Jones currently, but you know, that's here and there. But anyway, I like the Giants. Uh Tennessee, we they were the number one seed last year. And so it's surprising to me that you like you said, this line is five and a half. Uh, especially with Tennessee at home. But I don't know. Maybe they maybe they know something that I don't, and I think that they do. And I like the Giants plus the five and a half in this one. I, I could just see Tennessee running the football, playing it, you know, playing real tough. It's gonna be a tight, competitive game, and Tennessee wins it by four. I'm going to take the Giants with the five and a half. 
How would you think? I like it better at six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think we're all kind of in agreement. I mean, is this point spread not the one of the 16 games that makes your eyes bug out the most? Yeah, for sure. You know, Giants last in the NFC East last season with a 4-13 and record, Tennessee 12-5, and get a bye into the quarterfinals, and they're only favored by five and a half points at home. New York is a two legal um, betting markets as well. So, you know, of course, I went to my trusty database to research how teams do off back-to-back losing seasons like the Giants when they play in week one versus a team off back-to-back winning seasons like the Titans. And the line's not seven or more points. Not surprisingly, the team off the back-to-back losing seasons with a relatively short line has covered 60% ATS going back to 1980, including 67% ATS if they were on the road. So I'll take the points. Daniel Jones sucks. He's not getting one dime of my action. I don't care, man. It's not going to happen. <laughs> nah, I'm not going there. I can't do it. It's just not not in my makeup. I'd rather lose money than, than sweat it out with Jones. I just can't do it. Um, I think... I think uh, the Titans control the ball. I think they force Jones to, to make some decisions, and I think that's when he's at his worst, um, when he has to actually think. Um, for a guy who played at Duke, um, man, is he a bad decision maker. Duke quarterbacks in the NFL generally don't do too well, and I'll tell you, for the Giants, they, they really haven't done well. And uh, this is another one that's just a, a, it was a head-scratcher pick. And it's it's it remains to be a head scratcher pick. Most most teams cut bait by this by this point. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, this is do or die for Daniel Jones. So. Kenny Pickett might have been a good fit there. I'm high on Pickett, man. I like Pickett. Yeah, well, there's a guy. If you can stink it up good enough this year, there's a, there's a few really good ones out there. Um, you got Stroud and Bryce Young, probably both going pro this year. So, yeah. and if what's the name for Florida puts together a good season, he might come out too. Richardson, he yeah, he looked good. He's uh, not quite in the same discussion. I think Ewers from Texas is in that discussion. Mm. Nah, too high on him. We'll see. This is his do or die game this weekend. Well, no, it's this is not his do or die game. This is not his do or die game. <laughs> they're gonna get slaughtered. I mean, they're gonna get slaughtered, <laughs> but it's like, um. You know, that's not his doing, you know, that they think it's not his fault that Steve Sarkeesian's his coach. I mean, that's not his fault. The quarterback whisperer, too. The college quarterback He's not the whisperer. quarterback whisperer. He sucks. He's, he's, he's really good if you give it's, – it's like it's, he's a really good coach if you give him – if he doesn't have the responsibility of, of having to be the coach. He was a good assistant. Look at the guys who he was a good assistant for. Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. Wow, congratulations. I could be the ball boy for those guys also and probably get a couple national championships. Oh, he was a national championship winner. Yeah, he also had the Heisman winner. He had the, the you know, the first, you know, first 85 players taken in the NFL draft. Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, you know. Lane, just like, oh, Lane Kiffin's tremendous offensive line. Oh, you mean he let Matt Leiner dunk the ball to Reggie Bush 35 times a game? Wow, you know, what a genius. That's how you get fired in an airplane hangar. People get you confused, you know, that you're a genius. And, you know, it's not like Reggie Bush, like people were surprised that this guy was good. I mean, look how much money they gave him, right? The condo, everything. Give me Reggie Bush in in 
give give me Reggie Bush. All he had to do is create situations where he's got two yards of free space on any side and it's touchdown every single time. Look at Reggie Bush's high school videos. Tell me that that's a hard guy to coach. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of hard guys to coach, Aaron Rodgers got no one to throw to again. Um, Vikings against the against the Packers. Poor Aaron Rodgers. Like they just refused to. It's like a they like penalized this guy for not by not drafting um, receivers for him. But um, he seems to always make do. I don't know. It's like you'd think that they would have picked up like some of these receivers. You see them, they get cut and whatever. And you're like, man, maybe the Packers will pick him up. Julio Jones, something like that. Right? It's like, no. Jay, what do you think here? Um, is it finally run out on? Because the Vikings have a really good receiver. <laughs> they got a really, a really good one. They also got a really good running back. But they got a quarterback that struggles in the big games. But that... That um, Metrodome, uh, whatever they call it, um, whatever the name of the stadium is in Minnesota these days, is a super tough building. Super, super tough. And the year that they did not have the fans in the stands, they lost like every home game, you know, and it, it killed them. But with the fans in the stands, they blow the horn before the game, the skull, right? It's like this guy this is a very, very tough building. And they hate Aaron Rodgers' guts. What do you think? I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings in this one at home, man. Aaron Rodgers, all we've heard from coming out of Green Bay camp all offseason is Aaron Rodgers hates his receivers. He's not getting along with any of his receivers. They're not – the young guys can't do this. The young guys can't do that. That's not something I like to hear. No Devontae Adams no more. And let's not forget, Devontae Adams is the bona fide number one receiver in the league. That's not going to be an easy – No, he is not. He is not. Devontae Adams is the number one receiver in the league, and it's not close. I think there's five guys I'd rather have than him. And we're going to find out exactly what he's made of with David Carr as his quarterback. I'd way rather have Jefferson than him. I'd way rather have Tyreek Hill than him. Mm -mm. I'd way rather have Jamar Chase than him. There's Mm -mm. way better guys than him. I'm taking Devontae Adams every day No chance. No chance. And that's not an easy loss to replace, and they didn't replace him at all. Because when you have a quarterback that can create extra time for you to get the separation, you have that option of becoming, you know, there's no defensive back that can cover a wide receiver, um, an NFL wide receiver for that long. But it's just a matter of if the quarterback can create the time and then make the throw. I mean, that's really the difference. And if you have a guy that does that, and yeah, Adams catches those balls, but... You know, I Aaron Rodgers was the uh, is is the Simon to uh, Garfunkel there at uh, wide receiver. <laughs> and I hear you. So, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing that week one. Like I think it's going to take some time for this Green Bay team to catch some of those to get in that groove that those guys need to group get in. And you're playing your division rival on the road week one. Taking Minnesota in this game, I'm you know I like Kirk Cousins and like you said I like Justin Jefferson. He's in my top five for uh, receivers in the league with Thielen and Dalvin Cook back there. I think they got enough to get over uh, get over on Aaron Rodgers and them at home. And that defense, you know, I think they take a step forward. 
the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins now has an offensive coach over there. He was under Mike Zimmer. You know, them, those two guys didn't get along. I think Kirk Cousins maybe has his best season this year that we've seen him have. I think the Vikings going to be a little better than most people think. I think they're going to give the Packers a run for their money for the division, actually. And this year, I'm going to take the Vikings here to open it up to win it outright. Straight ass. Al, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, you know, over the years – the Metrodome or whatever it's called now has been a house of horrors for Green Bay, uh, especially, you know, I mean, Green Bay's lost to a lot of worse Minnesota teams than this one uh, in Minnesota. The Vikings have gone 11 and 6 ATS as home dogs uh, versus Green Bay. Uh, NFC North Division home dogs, whether it's Minnesota, Green Bay, or Detroit, or Chicago, or whoever, they've gone 91 and 70 ATS uh, in division games. So I'm going to take the points with Minnesota. I'm going to go with Minnesota here, too, but not because Devontae Adams is gone or any of those things that Jay was saying. I'm just saying that Minnesota is just a tough place to play, and I think that we hear we hear Aaron Rodgers' press conference now seemingly every single year. Oh, we're 0-2, we're 0-1. It's like, you know, no reason to push the panic button, you know, and he says it every single year, and every year he, you know, carries this team on his back and um, and gets them there, and I think he will get them there again, and I think he's going to do it there with style, and I think you're going to see that it, he, he makes those guys. Um, he makes great players, and he's done it with so many players throughout the years. I mean, so many. I think Devontae Adams is a good football player. I don't think he's an all-time great wide receiver. I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he's an all-time great. Um, I just don't. He proves a lot of y'all wrong this season with uh, the Raiders, so I think you're going to be a lot better than a lot of people. We'll get to that game here in a minute, though. We'll get to that game. Yeah, well, I I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't think he's quite there. I think, guys, I think those LSU receivers, Jefferson and Chase, I mean, those guys are just crazy, crazy good. And, um, you know, I think when it comes to the speed wide receivers, I think both the Dolphin guys, Waddle and, and Hill, um, you know, get it done. I think um, I think that Adams. He does it all though: power, speed, cuts. He had um, the best quarterback in all of football throwing him the ball. Let's see what he would have done with Jared Goff or Daniel Jones. You know, let's see what he would have done with those guys. You know, because Aaron Rodgers did it with Daniel Jones, basically as his wide receivers and tight ends. You know, and even his offensive line. He's going to have to do it again this season. And the Vikings going to give him a run for his money all season for that division. You'll see. I you'll see. It, when <laughs> at the end of the, at the end of the day, it'll be 13 and 3, 12 and 4 for the Packers. Aaron no, and Aaron Rodgers in the MVP discussion. It's just the way that it, it is. The way that it is. It's the way the world is. We will see it. We'll we'll see at the end. We've got the Cardinals taking on the Chiefs. A lot of people down on the Chiefs. All these 4 o'clock games are now 425. So plenty of extra commercials. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You can just stuff those games with as many commercials as you need. Um, of course, they've got running clocks and all sorts of stuff going on to make sure that you know less game, more commercials. And 425 start, an extra 25 minutes of commercials. So, But we've got the Cardinals taking on the Chiefs. 
this is, not, <laughs> this is really an odd game here because a lot of people are counting the Chiefs out um, this season, including myself. I said the Chiefs are the team that's probably not going to be in the playoffs this season. And then on the other side, you know, you had Murray for the Cardinals, who I thought was a peculiar choice when they drafted him number one since he fizzled out of Texas A&M and then went to Oklahoma, played in the Lincoln-Riley offense, played, you know, and played well in it. Um, but um, in Arizona last year, this team started, I think they were eight. No, to start the season or something like that. Seven and one, eight. No, right. They, but th- at the end of the season, um, no bueno. They were losing to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jay, what do you think? This is another really tough game for me. <laughs> They're all tough. It's week one. Yeah, it's week one. <laughs> it's man. the NFL. Tough, it's week, I love I love all the people in the YouTube comments on like Ron's videos that are like, oh, I'm waiting for football. It's much easier. <laughs> it's no, like, no, it's like oh, the games are the games don't seem as rigged. The games aren't rigged. They don't I mean in football, they come it's like there could be like it's like how do they got to like an eight point spread in this game? <laughs> it's like it, it, it is right on the line till the final gun goes off. And I think this one is one of those. I think that this one is going to be that, just that. Uh, The Chiefs, hey, I know a lot of people are selling their stock. I'm going to, I'm not going to sell it, but I'm not buying it. I'm just going to be a shareholder. I'm just going to stay where I'm at on the Chiefs until I see was uh was going otherwise. But like you said, the Cardinals actually started the season looking like the best team in the NFL last season. Uh, the Cardinals were really start, uh, really started out the season pretty good. Then they were injured. Uh, then they started dealing with a lot of injuries. And currently, to start this season, they're still dealing with a lot of injuries. So that's why I have paused taking them plus the six at home against the Chiefs. That's where I want to be at. I want to be on the Cardinals plus the six. I'm one of Car- Kyler Murray's biggest fans. I I grew up here in Dallas. Hey, I know we. I seen it firsthand what he did at Allen High School. Best quarterback in Texas history. This guy is a baller. I will never ever go against Kyler Murray. Uh, I will not except this him, week with Andy Reid. Not, the not go against him, but doubt <laughs> Kyler Murray is what I meant to say. I will never doubt him. He is he is that guy. They doubted and him though. They're doubting him. They're doubting him, and I, I think they. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the six points at home with Arizona. That's what I'm gonna do. Week one. It's not my favorite game on the board. I think, like he said, it's gonna be razor sharp line, but. Decide to be on. I want the points with the Cardinals. Al. Well, you know, uh, NFL home dogs in their home opener. They've gone 24 and 36 with two pushes ATS. If they owned a winning record the previous season, for those paying attention, yes, that applies to the Rams Buffalo Bills game as well. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points with uh, Kansas City. You know, I don't I don't like taking. You know, home dogs in their home openers when they were winning teams the year before, they just don't do well. I was one of the people that doubted um, the Chiefs, you know, coming into the offseason and, and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, here we are week one and betting against Andy Reid just doesn't feel like a very good place to be. The Chiefs just find a way. And he, this guy's a, he knows how to win games. He is the way better coach of these two coaches. I mean, it's not even close. He's still, and just because Tyreek Hill is gone. They still got plenty in the tank there in Kansas City. They still have you know some pretty good guys on defense. I think you know a lot of the holes are created by guys wanting money and all of that stuff. You know when you win, the guys want to get paid and all of that. And the Chiefs will have those holes and they're going to have problems. They still might not make the playoffs, but I think they win this game. I don't I don't like the Cardinals this year, and I'm I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. Um, 
I just don't see it. I'm, you know, I, there's been some great high school football players, you know, that I've seen in my life, but doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't. I didn't lose a game. Yeah, neither did um, neither did um, three years. Neither did DJ Williams. College football. Neither did DJ Williams. What was that high school in California? They won like I mean a hundred games in a row or something. Um, We've got the Chargers and the Raiders. We've talked a lot about this game heading into it. Jay, um, I I know you're not a big fan of Devontae Adams, but, um, you know, do you think that he can suit it up and maybe contribute in this one? We seen this game in the NFL season last year with the Raiders being the winner. And uh, those guys beat the Chargers straight up and made it to the playoffs. I think they beat them again here. And I, but I'm going to take the three and a half just to be smart. Um, Justin Herbert, the the jury is still out. I mean, yes, he's a good quarterback and all that, but I want the same criticism for him as I want him to be held to the same standard as Lamar Jackson. Everybody said Lamar Jackson hadn't won a playoff game in his first two seasons. All right, well, let's hold Justin Herbert to that same standard. He has to get to the playoffs this season and win a playoff game to be in that considered in that top five. He's not there to me yet. Everybody's trying to anoint him as the next coming, as the best quarterback that we was going to see. I don't see it yet. I don't see it. He still has some stuff to prove to me. I'm going to take Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and these boys week one. Uh, I think this offense is going to improve. I think that um, the Chargers could very well be finished last in this division. I think that the Raiders could very well finish first in the division and make the playoffs. Take the Raiders here. Plus the points. Al? I think for the most part, we've been focused on the sides in these opening games and not on the totals, but I think this game is a perfect one to talk about the over-under. When you take a look at the Chargers, they've got this incredible long-term trend. They're 81-35 and 35 under the total at home in division games, and then the Raiders, they're 63-39 and 39 under the total on the road in division games. So... I think I'm going to take this under the total here. Um, it's uh, you know probably the best bet of any of the situations in this game. I like the Raiders and the points in this thing. I think they have a chance to win it outright. This one probably goes to overtime. I like. I I just think that um, you know we see these teams play very very close games. When you have teams that are in the same division, like a lot of these matchups are this week, they're built to play one another. You know that's what they are. They're built to match up against one another inside the division. I mean, how many years did we see AFC East teams drafting defensive backs to fight against Tom Brady? Because you know you're going to play those teams twice a year every year. And so that you can do that. And the Raiders and Chargers have done a good job of that. I thought that when the Raiders got rid of um, Leatherwood, I think it's addition by subtraction there. I think he cost them games. You know, I think a guy like that, and I think they knew that, that even though he was a first round pick, he cost them games. You know, the penalties at a certain point, it really doesn't matter what you can do on the football field. If you, if you're a constant penalty machine, like every single game, you know, illegal motion holding, you know, it's like, you can't win, you know, if you keep giving the other team a second chance up and down the field. And I think the Raiders have improved in that respect, also getting that Devontae Adams guy. Anyways, move on to our next game. Speaking of the guy, Tom Brady retired. He's back. Um, do we get our retirement presents back from him? Not yet. But Buccaneers at Cowboys. These teams played each other week one last year. And um, the in that one, the Bucks were heavily favored at home on Thursday night after winning the Super Bowl. And the Cowboys fought him tooth and nail down to the bitter end. 
you know, I think Zeke has lost a step, and I've said that before, but at the same time, Dak Prescott always surprises me because I always write him off, and then he you know, shows that he can still play. And I think getting rid of Amari Cooper, addition by subtraction once again. Jay? Yeah. Now, as much as I want to take my Cowboys in this game, and I'm going to take the Cowboys plus the points in this game, it's not that easy because the Bucks, uh, both teams are dealing with significant injury. The Cowboys, we just lost uh, Tyron Smith, our left tackle, our our ox of our offensive line, and that's not going to be something easy that we could just up and replace, especially against this Buccaneers team. With that defense, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough fall game. But on the other side, the Bucks just lost their center and Ryan Jensen as well. So their offensive line is not going to be, you know, just an oil machine. Tom Brady's not going to have just all the time in the world like he um, is accustomed to. I think that Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence will make him uncomfortable, especially with Tom Brady missing time this off. I mean, this um, this preseason. Um, I th- I think that that plays a part into why I'm on the Cowboys in this one. I just I think the Cowboys actually win this game outright. I know y'all going to probably say fandom, but I'm going to take the Cowboys here plus the points uh, and on the money line. I think we just get over. I think Dak Prescott, if it's going to happen, Dak has to put us on his shoulders this season. CeeDee Lamb takes that next step and becomes the number one bona fide receiver and enters that top five conversation along with his classmates, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I believe he is on that level. And, I, and I'm a Cowboys fan. A lot of them were mad about the uh, loss of Amari Cooper, but I was one that was saying addition by subtraction or subtraction, however you say it, the same thing too. I was on that wave too. Amari Cooper, he he never showed up in big games, man. He always disappeared. He never was there when we needed him. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb steps up and becomes that guy. Zeke and Pollard, I love our backfield. Take the Cowboys here. CeeDee Lamb, if you can avoid those fines and uh... – Play the way he grabs a phone on draft day. Well, one of the all-time great draft moments, the phone grab. Yeah, that was hilarious. Al, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, Jay loves the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. I'm still taking them. Um, Take a look at how road teams off back-to-back winning years like Tampa Bay, how they do in week one. They don't do very well. They're 63 and 88 ATS. Dallas has done terrific um, in their home openers. Uh, they've won five straight, going four and one ATS. When Dallas is installed as a underdog in their home opener, going back to 1980, they're nine and two ATS. Tampa Bay four and eleven ATS when favored in its season opener, including uh, last year they had a point spread loss to these Cowboys. So I'm going to take Dallas plus the points, and so it's up to two and a half right now. You know, maybe it'll get to three. I like Dallas on the money line in this one against uh, Tom Brady. I think that, um, you know, we saw Tom Brady make some mistakes during the course of last year, especially earlier, earlier in the season. And, um, you know, I think, he, I, think, I think he had the right idea to retire. And um, I think he's going to probably be regretting that decision. Todd Bowles, great coordinator, not such a great coach. And the Buccaneers do have some talent on that team. But I think that it's going to be a very tough year in Tampa Bay. And I think Tom Brady, um, you know, if if he came back to expect to go out on top, it's not going to happen. And I think this one could be pretty ugly. Um, I think the Cowboys push the Bucs around in this one. You go to Monday night. We're actually the number one team ATS last year. 
as well, and I like that. So they also I'm lost to the Jets. We have the uh, Broncos at the Seahawks. They lost to the Jets at the Meadowlands. The Broncos minus six and a half. Russell Wilson, another game kind of like that. Um, Baker Mayfield was not really planned to be right before the season started or anything, but here it is. Russell Wilson on the road here against the Seahawks. You know, the Broncos drafted skill position players like no one's business. Ham, um, the guy from Penn State, Hamler, and uh, Jerry Judy, and all kinds of guys, right? And so Russell Wilson's probably got, you know, more than he's had to work with in a while. I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. Um, Russell Wilson, though, even though he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league to me, I think he still gets the job done here in this one. I think he has enough to take care of this awful Seattle team. Um, there is a reason he wanted to get out of town here. Uh, Drew Drew Locke, I don't really like him. I don't really like uh, Geno Smith either. No way I'm putting my money on either one of those guys. That defense, I don't think it's going to be anything special. I think Seattle actually might be the worst team in the league this season. I'm going to lay the points with the Broncos on Monday super, night. Super tough building. Super tough. Al, what do you think? But Russell is prepared for that. I mean, he's been there, so I'm really not worried about that. He's been only on the one end of it. True. Yeah, I mean, th th this for me is a tough game. The last thing I really want to do is take a road favorite on Monday night and the opening week of the season, but I am going to do it in this instance here. Um, take a look at how game one favorites do of minus five or more points when – they had um, a win percentage the previous year um, that was equal or um, uh, worse than their opponents. Last year, these two teams were both 7 to 10. Those two, in that situation, these teams have covered 69% ATS. And, you know, it goes against the opening week Monday night home trend. Generally, Monday night home dogs do very well. So it's, this is a tough game, but I'm going to lay the points here. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I like the home dog. I like Seattle a lot, and I like the building. I like all of those things. I love Clappy. You know, Pete Carroll claps, you know, in every single play. But um, Geno Smith is kind of in that Daniel Jones discussion for me where it's like I can't bet on the guy because I know that he can't get it done for me. You know, I don't care if Pete Carroll's coaching him or not. He still can't get it done. And, um, you know, Seattle's has some, some good players on that team too. Yeah, but how's Met how's Metcalf gonna do this year when you know when nobody to get him the football? Well, Geno Smith really can't hit a receiver. Drew Locke, you know, has a good arm, but the issue with him is that you know he's gonna throw thirty interceptions. He might beat Jameis's record. Well, no, in, in crunch time is where he struggles. But I think I think Locke he's he's young. I mean, look at look at you know Peyton Manning's first year. He wasn't so good either. You know, it's, it's, I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning, but I'm just saying it takes time for, for, for quarterbacks to develop. And Drew Locke was thrown into a situation where he didn't expect to be even playing at that point, you know? And it's like, he wasn't a guy that, you know, was drafted out of college who he thought was, oh, he's going to step right into the league and play. You know, he wasn't really expected to be that guy. He needed two or three years. Give him the luxury that Jordan Love has over in Green Bay and see what he comes out to be. I mean, it's a little bit of a different story, but I don't know. I think it's just tough to go against Denver here because Geno Smith sucks so bad. So bad, man. Just terrible. So, that, all right. That, that's that's kind of my mindset as well. That's my mindset as well. 
Well, anyways, thanks everyone for sticking with us. We had the technical problems at the beginning, and um, this is just week one of the NFL season. So um, it's week one for the NFL players. It's week one for us, too. But we managed to get our first NFL show off the ground. We had an NFL show last year. I've got to say this one is about 10,000 times better. Um, And uh, I think it's only going to get better as the season goes on. Hopefully you guys got some good information. You know that these guys are live on shows all week long. Of course, you could also get their premium picks, their best bets each uh, each day. And, of course, you know, NFL Sunday coming up. Great time to grab a long-term package. But thanks, everyone, for joining us. Al and Jay, I'll see you guys next week. I'll see you guys this weekend for live shows. And uh, stay tuned for the drive-thru. We ran over into their time, so I'm sure they're chomping at the bit saying, hurry up. We'll see you guys later. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you.